Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community. And today, I have to correct a story. We've been contacted by the Falwell family, and so I have to make a quick correction to our story from last week. It was not Jerry Falwell who rolled an egg up and down the thighs of a sex worker in a motel room. It was Jimmy Swaggart. Not Jerry Falwell, Jimmy Swaggart. Sorry, wrong evangelical mogul. My bad. Well, as you know, each week I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry, Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas, everybody. Hey, Hallie. How you doing? Bless, bless, bless. Well, I am viral. <gasps> Don't say. What? You got the virus? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Hallie. I've gone viral. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of an update. You know, Climax Youth Ministry has not been meeting because of uh, this whole uh, Chinese virus outbreak. But um, what I have been doing, Hallie, is taking my sermons and making them into TikTok videos. Oh. And one of them that I did this week is gone totally viral. That it's It's so got cool. over 400,000 <gasps> views so far. That is so cool. And it's just getting a lot of positive feedback. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's just getting... Are you okay? Is that the... Yeah, I'm totally fine. Do you have a fever? No, I'm feeling great. Does it dry cough? Or... Okay, Hallie, so I'm going to play you the video. This is the TikTok. Ready? Okay. It's a sermon about Jesus' miracles. Oh, you look so cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I thought uh, maybe it's good that I don't have my shirt on. I just kind of, you know, we just finished a workout. That's my friend, Clay Mason Bannerman. Awesome. Oh. Okay. And so here he's playing uh, a blind oh, he's guy. He's blind? Wa- yep, and he walked around. Look, he walked right into the table. <laughs> he's just covering up his eyes. And then... Oh, you healed him. Then I'm Jesus, yeah. And now him. he can see. And then... <gasps> oh, he's dead. Yeah. And oh, then look... Lazarus. And actually, I full body pressed him over my head. <laughs> look at that! And you that, brought him to That's life. how I raised him from the oh, grave. Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. And then this last one here. Oh, look at this. I've got this glass of water. Oh. And it's wine. It's grape juice. Oh, it's but grape it, juice. Yeah. Yeah. And Good. then this last one. This is just, and, and then we finish with a push-up oh. contest. Oh. One, and I win. Four, five, six, six. And then we go faster, seven, faster. Eight, nine, ten, ten eleven, nine, twelve. twelve. And then Clay's getting tired, you can tell. <laughs> Fourteen. And so then I have him climb on my back. And then I keep going with him wow. on top of me. Isn't that 20, awesome? Twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. And then it, yeah, then it oh, cuts out. So Isn't that awesome? Cool. And I've had so many kids reach out to me and just be like, uh, "This is the best way I, I've ever had a, a sermon delivered to me." Sermon. Yeah, because you know, Hallie, they just don't have the uh, attention span, attention span mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna do something really cool like uh, the uh, a sermon about the miracles, why not use the technology that we have to deliver that word to them? And isn't that the whole point of evangelicalism is that we use things that are relevant in culture and modern and all that? Yeah, that's the whole point. So if um. Kids are liking TikTok. You got to talk to them through TikTok. That's right. How was your week? Oh, you know, I got all the kids under one roof. School's out indefinitely. And, you know, I was trying to describe it to the kids. I said, you know what? This is just like we're going through World War Three. You know, my grandparents lived through wars. and It's just part of growing up. There's going to be war and a bunch of people are going to die and the economy's going to go in the toilet. And then you'll come back and we'll rebuild. And right. so I said, let's keep it positive. And so to keep the mood light, I said, Everybody jump in the Lexus. We're going to go to Wendy's. And so we're going to drive through Wendy's. And on the way, I said, you know, we'll do a fun activity because, um, you know, I was trying to keep it 
encouraging them and to show them that I'm not afraid because I, I have faith in my maker. And I said, you know what? Even if this were to kill me, I am not afraid to die because I'm excited about heaven. And I said, you know, let's do an activity where we go around the car and everybody says what you're looking forward to in heaven because the Bible says that we're going to have rubies in our crowns and we're going to walk on streets of gold and we're each going to have our very own mansion. Totally. Isn't that so awesome? Yes. And so the day starts giving me guff and he's like, oh, mom, I don't want to go to that heaven. You're heaven sounds bougie what do you got golden toilets and stuff and like golden trim and you know and i said day this is exactly how the bible describes heaven i am not making this stuff up my tomboy girl she said um when i get to heaven i want to work at lids do you know what lids is uh the store for lesbians Uh, uh, no it's a ball cap store oh okay yeah, so she says, I want to work at Lids. My other daughter says, I want to work at um, Free the People. My other daughter says, I want to work at Hot Topic. <laughs> and um, I said, it sounds like heaven is the mall. But I said, you know what? That's okay. Because it's the things that you love. Is that That's what heaven is going to be like. And then Day has to chime in and he goes, sorry, hate to burst your bubble, everybody, but there will be no work in heaven. You can't work at Lids or at Free the People or at hot topic. You can't work any of those places because there is no work in heaven. So one of my girls starts crying because she wants to work at the mall and that's her heaven. And I said, Day, if she wants to work in heaven, she can work in heaven. And Day said, Mom, it's right there in the Bible. The Bible says there will be no work or toil. I'm not making this stuff up. And I was like, Day, if you want to get a frosty in this drive through you got to get with the program and say what you want to do in heaven. Right. Just always has to be such a contrarian. It's a teenager. How's everything going with everybody under one roof, Hallie? <laughs> Can I tell you later? Hey, mega listeners, this is just a friendly reminder we have a Patreon. If you love the podcast, it's the best way to show your support, especially right now. As artists and comedians, we are more dependent than ever on Patreon to help float us while live shows and productions are currently shut down. And it's only $5 a month, and we give you an extra behind-the-scenes podcast every Wednesday. So right now, we will even throw in a sweet mega sticker for your troubles. We're about halfway to our goal. Please head to patreon.com slash podcast right now, and God bless. Well, just like the star lit the way for the wise men to find Jesus, our guest today is a true light in the darkness. Please welcome Tess Makana. I can't believe it's finally my turn. I just want to say right off the top, Tess is not just a window washer. She is a full-time management position here at the church, mostly working on the Miramid. As most of you know, it's our pyramid-shaped worship atrium. It's constructed on the outside entirely of mirrors so that when God looks down, he sees himself. Well, I was originally brought on after the construction of the Miramid. Um, I think that there was a real need there. Well, I should say brought on. I asked several times after, well, actually once I saw the first designs of the Miramid, if I could be involved in keeping it pristine, in keeping that vision of God looks down and sees himself. And so I am actually the church's head of reflective surfaces, Yeah, our campus just keeps expanding because, you know, God keeps blessing our community. And I just think it's so cool that Tess is 
you know, you're a skilled, you're, what is that called? A tradesman? You're a skilled tradesman who uses your gifts to honor God by keeping our campus so sparkly with like, with Windex or whatever it is you're using. What do you use? Like an industrial thing or what? So yes, I do consider myself a skilled laborer. I use a blend of essential oil, uh, some, some Windex is a part of that, um, a lot of water, uh, a, a soap that I made from my own rendered beef, beef fat, and and I sort of put them into, I like to put them into a super soaker because I find that that allows me to get to the higher places than one simple squirt bottle. I've seen you out there shooting it with uh, the Super Soaker, and sometimes, you know, from a distance, it, it looks like, hey, it looks like somebody's shooting at the Miramid with a, a large gun. <laughs> yeah, but... like, are we under attack? I know, I know. And I thought, oh, certainly the neon colors will do enough to dissuade people from being fearful. But I have, hmm. I think maybe you've noticed in the last two weeks or so, I have had a, a vest made for myself uh, that I've been wearing. We did see that, and it's a camo vest, which also it doesn't quite, it, I mean, just the camouflage is, is nice because you do blend in with the trees and everything in the surroundings. But also when you're just a cam in a camo vest with a gun, it does also sometimes, you know, it could be alarming. And that's a great point. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to have to pray on that. Because I thought maybe this will be more soothing if I blend into the trees and people are just seeing from afar, basically just a floating squirt gun, a floating neon squirt gun. And I do too, I do strap two to my back and carry two at a time. But now that you're saying that, I yeah, I'm going to have to pray on that because I think that you might be right. Maybe the combo with the camo isn't the image that I want. And now I'm mad at myself for not catching this in the Miramid because I, I should have been looking at myself in the Miramid realizing what I was projecting. You know, Tess, what did you do before you started polishing reflective surfaces for a living? So I actually started, I would go to estate sales and find uh, silver that people had sort of, you know, just lost a little love for, lost a little a little care. I think a lot of us know what it is to be gifted silver. Personally, I have an uncle who gifted my husband and I only silver at our wedding, even though we didn't register for it because it is a pesky material to keep. And I, pr I prefer to have my uh, serving dishes be a little more simple, let the food do its talking and, and the beautiful bounty that we've been graced with. But Silver can fall into disrepair. I would polish it up and sell it on an Etsy store. And I found that I did a lot of my best sort of ruminating and thoughtfulness while just bringing a little shine to a surface. You're more than a skilled laborer because I've seen you do like um, when you kind of get on that rappel belay thing and you're 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 coming down the, the pyramid shape. You've come down, you've been up on those scaffolds and come down near my office where all of a sudden you come rappelling down with guns on both sides and you're just pushing off with your feet. You must not be afraid of heights at all. And I said, is that Tess or is that Duak Dwayne Johnson or whatever his name is? It looks like you're in one of those movies where he's jumping off of a skyscraper. Well, now why would I be afraid of heights when it's closer to God? But yeah, I do... I, now that I'm hearing all this put together, I'm a, boy, I must strike a hilarious image. Yep, that's me. I'm 54. I'm using a homemade belay system and squirt guns to keep the Miramid polished. Now, have you ever had any close calls when you're up that up at those heights? 
you know what? Here's something that I did. I didn't think about this ahead of time, but I used to work. I used to work upwards because you know what? I I can I can have a bold face, but I also need to be truthful about my flaws. And I wasn't always as brave about heights. So I thought, oh, if I just do it a little bit at a time, then I'll get to the top. But what I didn't realize is then once I got to the top, I had tracked my shoes through all of the work I had just done. Oh. So, you know, one time when I was up at the top, I thought, well, well, darn, let me just take these shoes off. But the process of getting off a pair of, of Velcro shoes at that height when I'm holding two squirt guns and have two strapped to my back and I'm using a makeshift belay system, I did unbuckle what was actually an important piece of a carabiner when I thought it was my Velcro strap. I slipped oh, no. just about a third of the way down. Uh, well, you know, it was pretty terrifying, but it was also very slick. So it wasn't an interesting mix of uh, exhilaration and dread. Um, but luckily my backup system of just a bunch of twist eyes caught me. Now, I remember seeing uh, a photo that someone had put by the copy machine of actually a photograph that someone had taken through a window at the Miramid of sort of some... I guess it it must have been your front side sort of pressed against the the glass there. Was that mid-fall? Oh, I wish it was, but that was a separate incident where I made the mistake of I thought maybe I'd be more aerodynamic if, you know, and I'm a little ashamed to say this, if I did it in just my sports bra. I thought, let me have a couple couple fewer layers and let me be a little more nimble and, uh, well, boy, Boy, I learned my lesson. Yeah, there are many a photograph of, um, well, my, my bare midriff smooshed on the old Miramid and the sunburn I got that day. Uh, I won't make that mistake again. And Tess, I do got to tell you, um, I, I was going to, uh, forgive me if this is kind of an elementary question for someone of your skilled trade, but um, is it just as simple as like squirting your concoction and then using one of those scrapers like that you do, that the guys do, you know, at a stoplight on your windshield or you can occasionally do, do you just got a big one of those? What's that thing called? Sure. So after the, uh, the, the brush with death with the Velcro shoe situation, I realized that actually what was what I saw as an obstacle was a blessing. And isn't that usually the case? So I've now converted both of my feet. I have placed a wiper <gasps> underneath the Velcro straps. So wow. what I'm doing awesome. is essentially squirting and then repelling and keeping two, two points of contact at all times where I'm wow. squeegeeing as I go. I, I mean... I wow. I want to do a good job rather than a fast job, but I think you may have noticed I've been you know speeding up my times. It used to take me a day and a half to do the pyramid, and now it only takes me nine hours. Wow! So is it one of those type of things where as soon as you finish the pyramid, then you go over to the auditorium, then you go over to the pole bar, and then you go all around the campus, and by the time you get done, you're right back at the pyramid. I mean, do you just keep just just keep going? I just try to keep going as mu- as much as I can. The pyramid gets it obviously has a special place in my heart because it is so reflective, you know, versus other glass and and windows. And I don't know if you've seen this, but I do have a bit of a glass class that follows me. So I have a couple of the of couple kids from the teen group have now taken it on. So you might see them around with a super soaker. They are not pranksters. They are part of glass class. So um so I'm no longer doing this alone, which has just been such a blessing, you know, to sort of shepherd that ability and that skill towards, you know, then really wanting to give back to to this home that we've created. 
Uh, and in that glass class, are you able to do some witnessing? Oh, I mean, of course we are. I mean, it would it's it's part of what happens when you build community. You know, I think that if you just leave an uh, an open glass door for it, it's going to walk on in. That's what they say. Isn't that what they say? When God opens a window, he closes a door. Or what, what is the saying? Yeah. When he opens a, a something, uh, yeah, something happens. Yeah. When he when a window is dirty, he shows you the cleaner. I that's mean, that's it. what I say. See, now, have you always loved glass and reflective surfaces or, you know, is it an acquired thing? You know, when I was growing up, um, if my mom caught me looking too long in a mirror, she uh, would just come over and whisper vanity in my ear. So I actually had sort of a complicated relationship leaving and coming back to it and realizing that as long as I, I had a good relationship with it, it wasn't inherently sinful. Oh, so when you look into the uh, reflective services now, do you have to sort of look askance because you don't want to hear your mother's voice in your ear? I try to focus on my eyes and not look at any of my features and try to just reflect on what am I thinking? What am I praying about? But sometimes I got that's a you're so astute. Sometimes it has to just be an askance glance or else, you know, I'm there I am. I'm 10 years old again and she's whispering vanity in my ears. I just try to brush my hair. Now, where's your mother now? Oh, she's with Jesus. Oh, oh isn't congrats. that nice? Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, now, my mom used to always tell me that I was a little Chubbs Douglas. She would always call me Chubbs Douglas, and that's why I wear tunic-length shirts and flowy pants to this day. The The mom voice really stays in your ear, doesn't it? It really does, and I think some of us heal and some of us just forget. So, uh, so Tess, do you still do you still polish the silver on the side, or, or, or are you full time mirrors now? Oh, I am a full time. I am full time. You know, once I was given the official title head of surfaces, I wanted to make that my my full my full dedication, my full vocation, my uh, my full every day. But it ended up being good timing for me because I was getting a little bit of heat. From, well, the Etsy Big Brothers, I don't know, I think of it as an open marketplace for artisans and craftsmen of any kind, but apparently, I guess there are some stipulations we agreed to that I, I, you know, I guess maybe I just didn't see it, didn't read the fine print, but if you are selling something that you claim to be a vintage item, apparently it, it needs to be, and I thought that vintage was more of a state of mind. I mean, at this point, I mean, isn't 1998 vintage? Aren't we all just going back and back and back? And if I say it's a 1920s brooch and it's actually from, you know, Claire's, it, I guess that's false advertising. But to me, I thought it was more of an idea. So Right. You, you really can't be held to those standards. I feel like if, if you're polishing the silver well, then uh, people should be wanting to buy it. I mean, my son, I have a teenager, and he wears those Chuck Taylor um, sneakers, those canvas ones. Can you picture what I'm talking about? And um, I say, those are vintage shoes. And he's like, Mom, I just got these at the Foot Locker a month ago. They're brand stinking new. And I said, you don't understand the term. So that's what I'm saying, too. So I thought it was more of, hey, we all we all see what this is. And I think of vintage as giving a a uh, a piece of clothing, a piece of art, a piece of furniture, a piece of jewelry. I think about it as giving it new life to call yeah, it vintage. Yeah, it's a hand-me-down. Yeah. I mean, if you look up vintage, it's like a hand-me-down. That's what I thought. But apparently I was making too specific of claims and it was a, um, I think I had some sort of extortion. But, you know, I, 
I try not to worry about it. You know, this came into my life, and now I'm rappelling down a mirrored pyramid, feeling closer to God than I ever have before. And so I just, I'm happy to keep those silver days in, in my in my past, you know, and put them behind me. Do I still have a large hoard of silver goods? Yes. Does my husband ask what's happening with them? Sure. But for now, I think as long as there's a surface that's closer to God that needs my polishing, well, then that's what I'm going to polish. Now, Tess, I hope this isn't too personal, but I did hear you say the word extortion, which does seem a little bit different maybe than just the practices and standards of Etsy. Did you, were you charged with extortion? So I guess, you know, the feds did get involved because, well, I started not just going to estate sales, but I started just talking to elderly people I would see on the street or the store or my neighbors or maybe after after church and just asking about their own personal silver collection. And I, apparently I was undervaluing when I told them, hey, this is no this is a piece of junk. Give this to me. And then again, polishing it up and asking for a, a large sum of money online. So, you know, I thought that was all fair in love and war and commerce, but apparently uh was a little bit of stealing and lying and I guess well some people went as far as to claim potentially elder abuse but I thought here's an old thing that nobody's loving anymore let me give it a quick spit shine and let that go into our Costa Rica fund which is my husband and I Bill really want to go to Costa Rica and did you ever did did we able to set the record straight or did you have to did you have to did you get did you get did you have to go to jail? Oh, you know, I'm I'm so fortunate that most of the uh the elderly people involved were related in some way and I was able to convince them to drop the charges and and you know just show that hey, this was a slap on the wrist. Some of them wanted their silver back and I was happy to do th- I I was happy to do it. You know, to me this was all just a misunderstanding. And the, my one aunt who I had taken it under the cloak of darkness, she was the hardest one. She was the last one to drop charges. But, um, you know, she she eventually came around when I gave over our Costa Rica fund. But I'm happy to restart it. And I have. And, you know, every little dollar is closer to seeing those thermal pools. Well, you know what? I feel like, you know, a lie... Or um, if you steal, you know, breaking the Ten Commandments type of things. That's why Jesus died on the cross, isn't it? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, listen, I know my life. I know my path. I know my forgiveness. So what's what are you, the feds? What are you? What are you, Aunt Doris? You know? Yeah. And I'll tell you what. You know, when I was growing up, um, the FBI, they were always the good guys in the films. They were the ones going after justice and all of that. But since our new administration um, came into the White House, you know, our president has told us that the Fed, that they're the bad guys. The FBI guys are, they're the crooks. So I think you should um, really let yourself off the hook because it's covered in the blood. Jesus forgave you the day he hung on that cross. And the feds are not the good guys anymore. I thank you for that. And also, I agree. You know, I I thought a really cool thing that we do here at Twin Hills that is different than a lot of places you might have to go to work is that, yes, on the job application, we do say, um, have you ever committed a felony? And you have to write that below. But then the next question is, do you believe that Jesus can forgive you? And I love that if your answer to that question is yes, you can still get a job here. And I've met countless people who have had all sorts of, 
you know, mishaps in their life, be it extortion or tax evasion or murder that, and then they come here and they're able to say, you know, Jesus forgives me for what I've done. You know what? When I saw that application, I not, I'm not too proud to tell you I did break down and cry because here I thought this is a good worksheet. And I know we shouldn't think of job applications as worksheets, but that's what they seem like to me. They take me back to my school days. And I thought, this is a worksheet that gets it. Did you ever have this type of worksheet in school where the first one said, read all the directions before doing anything? And then number two is 10 jumping jacks. Number three is sit down and play a classical piece on the piano. Number four is quack like a duck. And then number five is don't do any of these. You're done. And it's a trick. It's a trick, but it's a good lesson. It's a parable about, you know what the first thing said? Read all the directions. So, you know, <gasps> Jesus is my read all the directions and everything else can fall by the wayside. I love it. I loved that yeah. job worksheet. It was my favorite one I'd ever filled out. It sounds like you went to Montessori school. Only for a year. Um, and it was a fun time. But personally, I didn't understand calling adults by their first names. I had to call my own mother, Mrs. Swanson. So, Oh, she was strict. Spare she the was. rod, spoil the child. She huh? was strict. What did your husband do now? Yeah, tell us about Bill. So, you know, Bill, he's such an industrious guy. So you might have known, you might have seen our uh, his billboards before or maybe his local commercials that he and his brother Ted used to sell jet skis, Bill and Ted's jet skis. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, Bill and Ted's excellent jet ski adventures. That's right, yeah. yeah. So um, that was a lovely business he had with um, my sweet brother-in-law, Ted. But um, they they folded about 10 years ago. They, they agreed to part ways. And now um, he's been, well, I can't tell you where it is, but he does have an undisclosed wareha warehouse where he's mining Bitcoin. So, you know, he's just ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. You know, he dabbled in a few a few different startups, like a, a little bit of venture capitalism, as they say, in between Bill and Ted's excellent jet ski adventures and now the Bitcoin mine. Um, but we do have to buy a lot of air conditioning units because those computers run awful hot. So um, I try to stay out of there because ever since the change, I just can't handle it. Can't handle that flash of heat. Here is a letter from a listener. Dear Twin Hillers, regarding the current Communist Chinese Party virus, except for my choice of the virus's name, I will not be mentioning any political or opinion-based things in this letter. My guess is that most of your listeners share my political views slash bias. But to those people who have a bias that is 180 degrees in the opposite direction from mine, I will most likely never share your political slash world views. Sorry if that offends you, but I say, who cares? I do not believe that the government, any government, is the answer to our problems. God is the answer. In fact, I say we should shut down the media for 30 days and you'll see an 80% of our problems disappear. <laughs> I believe in God and I'm not ashamed. He's been trying to get our attention individually and as a country for decades. Are we paying attention? He does not want us to social distance from him. In fact, he wants us to draw closer to him. I, th I can think of no better time than now since our country and the world is in various stages of lockdown slash slowdown slash homebound. How convenient of God to get us back to the basics of fathers and mothers and children at home together to gather and talk and study and learn and grow more in him. Be contagious and smiling and well-wishing. Love and prayers to you all. Sonia from Alabama. Wow. Wow. It Was there a question in there? I think it was more just like a word of encouragement and a comment on our current predicament. 
Well, you know, it's so true, Hallie. What I really, uh, you know, even though she did sort of rebrand this virus as the, what she called it, the communist Chinese virus, um, Chinese party virus, you know. A party virus makes it sound like it's going to be fun. That is true. Uh-oh, that you know, sounds what like I- a good time. That's right. You know, what I think is really interesting is that she sort of uh, she she blames the Chinese, obviously, for it. But then she also gives all the credit to God. And I think that's important to just remember that you can call it something else. But what she's really doing here is, you know, since everything comes from God, God did create the virus and he did give us the virus. So she's kind of using this cool uh, bit of logic, which is she's going to brand it. Uh, to sort of, you know, blame the people whose fault it is. But then she's going to give all the credit to God where credit is due because he's really keeping us inside right now where we're able to study more of his word. I think that's awesome. Yeah, well, I kind of fell off following and comprehending the logic there. So is it from the Chinese or is it from God? Well, you know, Hallie, I think it is yes. Oh, okay. You know, on my new, not under my name, Etsy store, I do have some rare beautiful colloidal silver that has been proven to have natural immunity building things. So if it's possible, I want to shout out the link and your listeners can come find my store. And in the meantime, you know, just, just buy a couple of pieces of this silver. Give yourself a peace of mind. It's www.etsy backslash newstoretest.com. Tess McKenna was played by Jess McKenna. Check out her wonderful podcast called Off Book, the Improvised Musical Podcast. You can follow her on Twitter at Jess R. McKenna and Just Jess McKenna on Instagram. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas is played by Greg Hess. You can follow me at Holly Laurent and follow Greg at Hey Greg Hess. And of course, Mega is on your favorite form of social media, and that is at Mega the Podcast. Email your mailbag questions to Mega the Podcast at Gmail. And for a special spot in heaven, rate and review us on iTunes and support us on Patreon.